1: to this week's edition of Wing Nation, brought to you by none other than Sage Fruit. I am your host today because my co-host, my normal host, Steve Post, is on Special Assignment, still stuck in Michigan because of rain, but joining me today, is none other than my co-host, also known as my husband, David Stremi, uh, also here in Lethal Chasses Studios, as Steve likes to mention, um, here in Mifflintown, Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining me today, David.
0: I'm trying to dig you out of a hole here, so you went pretty deep to get me. It's true.
1: It's true. No, we have some other players that we can back up, but Aaron's out of town and, well, you were just down the hallway. So it just made it a whole lot easier, but, um, we were out of town racing ourselves this weekend. Um, you had a great weekend. You can chat about that real quick, and then we'll jump into the insane weekend of sprint car racing.
0: So, um, we did uh, obviously doing all the testing for SRX. Uh, we were up in Michigan. So we went to Merritt Speedway for the wood tick and swept the weekend, but also being on this show, I'm kind of I've, I've turned into I watch a lot more wing sprint cars being we're here at Port Royal. So uh, another big reason of of me moving up here to PA because it's wing country. This is uh, this is big and I do enjoy the wing cars.
1: Don't lie, folks, Uh, he does enjoy racing, sometimes sprint cars, but he truly hates that they have to be pushed off. So he's not a diehard sprint car fan by any means. Um, But let's chat about the awesome weekend. There was some incredible sprint car racing. We're going to kick it off with the Ironman 55 and the Kyle Larson Logan Shuhart battle. Um, We know Kyle is great at what he does. We know Logan has won that race. I don't even know how many times, two, three times in the past. Um, Just some incredible racing, David.
0: Oh, it was, for one, you've seen the respect the two showed each other. I mean, just ultimately a dogfight. And obviously, as I'm gonna use a Dick Trickle uh, saying, it was like flying a fighter jet in a gymnasium. The speeds are running. Um, obviously, you know, federated, uh, speedway there, Peebly, uh, they put on a great show. Even they were fighting some conditions the night before. And, and, um, we seen that nasty, pretty gnarly wreck with Corey day, but all the safety and everything held up, but yeah, Logan and Kyle put on a, I mean, you didn't need your seat there. Everybody was standing and it was phenomenal show. Very, very fun.
1: Um, And it was really cool. Kyle Larson actually shared uh, his heart rate um, monitor that he wears in the car. I think it was up to 184 beats per minute. So uh, even he still gets excited uh, about crazy times in a sprint car like that. Um, The second race of the weekend that was also a dogfight uh, was the Knoxville 360 Nationals. uh, Brian Brown and Aaron Reitzel. Right at the line, Brownie got him uh, coming to the checkers and another just great race to the build-up for the Knoxville Nationals this week.
0: Well, I, I look at, you know, obviously Knoxville, the Nationals. I don't really know who I would pick uh, to win because everybody is just, man, they're putting so much effort like they do every year. But you just see like Brownie, you see uh, Shuhart, all these guys on a roll, you know, Donnie, you can't knock him out. But I loved watching social media where everybody's pulling their four tens out, putting their three sixty motors in, that they probably only use this time of year uh, to get ready for Knoxville. So uh, it it was a pretty cool race. I was going to try to watch the Capitan, I think is is how you say it, and it rained out, and I was bummed about that. But uh, they got they got this is like you know a really cool week to watch the wing cars out there in Knoxville.
1: It truly is. Um, I, I don't know if you can actually pick somebody. The level of competition right now is absolutely incredible. Um, it just It's from the locals to the world of Outlaws to an outsider. It, it really could be anybody. And that being said, we've been kind of talking about Fred Raymer and AJ Flick. Uh, they both added to their win list this week. Um, now both tying each other with the most wins in spring car racing at the moment with 12 wins each. And then you've got... Mark Dobmeier and David Gravel the uh, with 10 wins. And so those four are the only two or the only four that have broke the double digit win category so far this year.
0: For sure. I mean, AJ has been, you know, watching him at Lernerville and, and some of the races that he's been running that I've been able to pick up on. He's really stepped his program up this year. I'm looking forward to I'm sure he'll be over here at the Tusker 50. So um, he's he's definitely got his program rolling this year.
1: No doubt about it. Well, it is that time of the week. Um, Whether you're watching this on Rev TV on Wednesday, it's the first night of the Knoxville Nationals, or if you're watching it on MAV TV, we're later in the week with the Knoxville Nationals. So obviously we don't have any results for you, but all eyes are on Knoxville right at the moment. And joining us in the next segment is none other than a Knoxville national winners himself. It is Dave Blaney. He'll be joining us in just a moment. Stick around. You're watching wing nation presented by Sage fruit.
2: The outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st and 2nd at Skagit Speedway. When the world of outlaw NOS energy drink sprint cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruits Gadget Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th, with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Johnny shops and the rest of the World of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com.
1: Welcome back. You're watching Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit and joining us now in the actual studios this week. It's a little backwards, as you can see, but uh, is none other than the 1997 Knoxville Nationals winner, Dave Blaney. Dave, thanks for joining us today.
3: Hey, nice to see you guys. Yeah, I'm holding the fort down here for you. Don't worry. I got
1: it. Perfect. I appreciate it. While Steve's out of town. But hey, so obviously this week, all about the Knoxville Nationals, um, first of all, let's chat about that win in 97. What did it mean to you? What did it mean to your career? And, and just kind of, if you can remember one of the greatest moments of that night.
3: I remember the biggest thing I felt was relief after finally winning it. I tried a long time. Um, I think that was the 15th year that, I, that I'd been there and tried and come close several times. So relief was part of it. But, um, you know, once you get thinking about it, yeah, the one of the biggest, maybe the biggest um, race, that we run, and you get a chance to get your name put on that forever. That's a um, pretty big moment, and and um, I do remember it was a Monday race, rained out Sunday night or Saturday night, and um, I guess it was a Sunday race, but um, it was a rain delay.
0: Dave, with a with the Knoxville Nationals, is it
3: kind of like your Daytona Speed
0: Weeks for sprint cars, where you're getting your car kind of tuned up, getting everything ready, and you want to take care of it for the the main event?
3: Man, I think it's kind of opposite because every <laughs> Every time you're on the racetrack there, you get points for qualifying for heat races. So you, you got to be all out every lap, gain as many points as you can for starting position on Saturday. And, and I will say the preliminary nights at Knoxville Nationals were the most stressful of the year. That, that heat race, especially, they'd invert. If you qualified good, you'd start 10th and you need to make top four. It was, um, that wasn't fun until it was over.
1: Obviously, you talk about prelims and, and 15 years, you know, competing for the Knoxville Nationals. Can you talk about what that week is like? Just kind of, there's so much that goes on, that little town becomes a huge city that week and, and just the atmosphere there. What's it like for a race fan who's, or David Stremme who's never been to the Knoxville Nationals?
3: Well, yeah, huge event now during the week. Um, it wasn't maybe as big, you know, back in the 90s as it is now, but um, still, it was it was big, but I can honestly say I never cared one bit about it. It was the biggest race of the year, and that's what I was there for. And um, wasn't much other activities for, for me, but um, but it is cool. The whole, um, especially that, that little town is, is so you know all about that race and all about racing in general, and um, the people that came from all over the world, even back then, for that race was was impressive.
0: As you see uh, over time, what do you what do you think since ninety seven is the biggest change at Knoxville?
3: Uh the payout. <laughs> <It> <laughs> pays a lot of money. It paid a lot of money then. Um, you know, in ninety seven it was uh, I think it was a hundred thousand to win. And um for that for that day and time that was a lot. And now we had a couple of them back then, a couple of hundreds, but um, I don't know. It's still, you know, all these years, it's still the most prestigious race of the year, still the one everybody aims at. Um you know, like you said, there's a huge amount of fanfare around it. Um, I don't know it's just gotten bigger and better in my eyes I was I was
0: surprised when I was out there and walked through the museum with uh, Kenny Schrader as we were out there for SRX and and learning that the sprint cars you know obviously were wingless for a while. then they put these billboards, actual plywood on top and and then uh, it's how it's evolved and it's phenomenal, It's like Ashley said, that little town and how much goes into this week of, of the night
3: it is it's crazy. Um, everybody's got their spot picked out somewhere in town where they're going to stay or where they're going to work on the car and and uh, that's a big deal you got to get that handled so um, it is it's crazy and it takes a lot a lot of work to to uh, get ready or when you're there and that all comes down to a, uh, a huge race where everybody's pretty worked up and, and pretty nervous and excited.
1: Dave, you talked about the prelim nights and how important they are and kind of the buildup to Saturday. Is it kind of a, I don't want to say a mind game, but kind of like you've got to play your cards right through the prelim nights on picking the right night and being dealt the right hand to be able to make sure where you need to be on Saturday?
3: Um, I I think just eliminating mistakes is the big thing. Um, You know, you got to take advantage of anything you can it's a good time trial lap maybe you get a good draw so that's going to help your chances get a good time trial lap and more points um you know in one way you hate to take a chance on the first lap of the heat race to make a big bonsai move to gain spots but if you don't you might not get them so it's um it's risk versus reward pretty big time
0: in in 97 there dave did you have a car say and i hear a lot of guys do this uh for the really big events did you have a car that was already kind of picked out and you set aside just for Knoxville or you just took the same stuff you'd been running throughout the year?
3: Um, I'm sure it wasn't very old, but I, but I know we had been running it. I know we won a big race at Old the week before Knoxville with the same one. So um, sometimes guys would do that, would save one for it. But if I'd rather had a car and an engine that I was familiar with and knew um, I could trust rather than hoping I could trust
1: With that being said, I mean, was there kind of a gem that, you know, popped out at you and, and, you know, the car was working good and, you know, it's the one that's beat up most of the time because that one sees the most amount of races or did you want something that was fresh?
3: I don't think I had a, um, um, no, I I didn't care really. Whatever was, whatever was going good. If things were going well, you didn't want to change. Um, and if things weren't going well, maybe at that time or the. Weeks prior to that, you might say, okay, let's just dive on to something new. But if things were going well, that's when you go in there with the most confidence with the same stuff you've been racing. And, uh, you know, if you could race a, or win a race the week before with the same stuff, well, you can win Knoxville with it too. So I think that's how we looked at it.
1: No doubt about it. We talked about it with Austin McCarl uh, a few weeks back. The race car doesn't know that it's running the Knoxville Nationals, right? It's just the guy wheeling the thing. Um, So that plays a a huge part of it. But uh, we've got to take a break at the moment. Um, Stick with us. We'll be back with more Dave Blaney here on Wing Nation presented by Stage Crew. We're back. You're watching Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Still joining us is none other than Dave Blaney. Dave, we mentioned it in the last uh, segment. 1997 Knoxville Nationals champion. Um, But you were, if not the first, one of the first guys to not come back and try to defend your your win there at the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, Because in 1998, you ended up in the world of NASCAR. Did, was there any correlation between those two? Did, they, did that moment help you get a ride or did you already have things going? I honestly can't say that I know your story into NASCAR.
3: Um, I think I was already pretty well in motion at that point. Um, but yeah, that was, in one way, that was a relief that I did win in 97 because I knew I may or may not be back. Um, but it hurt not going back in 98, too. But um, can't go back. Not running a sprint car all year, you can't go back there and compete. I I didn't think I could, so I didn't. But, um, yeah, like I said, I was I'm was glad I was able to get one.
0: Dave, with the with the speeds they have at Knoxville, I'm kind of curious as I watch, uh, like here at Port Royal and and some of the larger tracks, and then you, like this weekend the Ironman with uh, or this or or should say a week or so ago uh, with the Ironman, and you've seen Schuhart and Larson just. Dog fighting it out on a little short track. Do you think the cars are too fast on some of the big places with the speeds they're running? And, or I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts because you've seen a lot of the change in the sprint car through the last few years.
3: Yeah, they're, they're definitely, you know, the engines are so much better than, you know, say if we're looking at 97. And I think in a way it makes the racing better because it, they have so much speed at the end of the straightaway. I think that's why you see the big slide jobs now that you didn't see much back in those days, in the 90s. Um, right now, it seems like they're going too fast when they wreck on a half mile, for sure. Um, man, big impacts, and, and it's scary. They're going pretty fast. But on the other side of it, um, it takes a pretty free type of impact for somebody to get hurt, it seems like. Um, they're pretty safe for how fast they're going, in my eyes.
1: And speaking of speed, obviously, um, you're climbing back in a sprint car every now and again uh, throughout the season. Just a few weeks ago, a, a big momentum from uh, gathering a podium with the World of Outlaws running 12th to 3rd. Um, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, you know, if you're not on the tour. You're not consistent racing every weekend. When I read that, it was a huge shock to me. And, but obviously, you still got it even for the veteran guys.
3: I appreciate you not saying I'm an old man as well. But, um, no, I, this is actually my first outlaw race. They had a, they had a race at Sharon this summer and I missed it. Um, but yeah, I, it's a, you know, weed sport, a slow, slick track. And that's kind of my, my gig it, when you get older, that's gotta be your thing. So I drove all the way up there hoping to compete and it, and it was fun. We, we did compete pretty well and, uh, was really happy with it. Leaving there.
0: Well, what is, is what I'll call an experienced driver. Uh, Seasoned, yeah. what are some of the other tracks? I mean, obviously you, you had said earlier, you're like a one race a month kind of guy, but what's some of the other places that you have that you go, well, you know, I might venture out to that track if, if you feel the edge to, or the want to go race.
3: Sharon is kind of up my alley as far as slick and, and slower most of the time, not all the time. And, um, I don't know, it, you know, living in North Carolina, it's a, it's a trip to go anywhere in Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um but I don't, have, I don't have a lot of stuff and I don't have a lot of help, so we'll just go and it's gonna be fun and I think I can maybe have a shot at competing and uh, that's what we do.
1: Now, obviously with owning Sharon Speedway, do you have a car that you kind of leave up there or does everything come back to North Carolina and you make the trip when you go?
3: Yeah, I bring it all back. Um, I can't leave it up there for a month and not tinker with it, <laughs> so I gotta have something to do, but no, we we, we bring it back every time and, and uh, go at it again.
0: Honey, I could have told you that he's gonna mess with it. There's some rules been written that Dave has has made them step up on. Uh I guess the competitors didn't like some of the things he was working on. But uh how about your brother? Is it fun racing with him again? I see he also on that same night at Weedsport. I mean, he had a great run too. How's uh the two of you getting along on track?
3: Yeah, really good. Um <laughs> we we probably have a better relationship now than we've we've ever had for whatever reason. And um well, it's never been bad. It's just, it's just probably the best now. But, uh, yeah, he's doing good. He's racing more than he has in the last few years this year with a, a car based uh, right around Sharon Speedway. And he's raced in that area and, and ventured out a little bit. And, yeah, he's, he's having good nights and bad nights so far. But uh, they're, they're getting there.
1: And uh, how is the life of being a grandfather now? you got a couple grandkids. Uh, <laughs> what's that been like? Are you enjoying kind of the, the new poppy role, if you will?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's the best ever. Oh, man. We uh, had them all last week and and uh, a lot of fun, a little hard on grandpa and grandma a little bit, but you, you power through it when you got the little ones, then you can give them back. <laughs> so you, you had something that come to my mind when you
0: talked about your brother and, you know, what was the one guy, say when you were on the World Outlaw Tour that, you know, throughout race and you would kind of walk up to and you would maybe kick ideas off of that wasn't, you know, per se, a teammate, but just somebody you really got along with and kind of trusted their information as you, as you guys would share.
3: I don't know if there was any drivers that I really did that with. And I don't know why, um, you know, my crew chiefs, we, we just kind of do our own thing. And, and if you pay attention, you know, you know, you can see what's going on with everybody. You don't have to maybe, maybe ask them. You can't expect them to tell you the truth anyway, a lot of times. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, I don't know. When when I raced with Woodruff, man, we kind of just did our own thing and and, um, for better or for worse, however it turned out. Um, I don't know. The guy I probably watched the most and um, I don't know if we can say learned something from or learned how he did it was Doug Wolfgang. He was, uh, I thought he was crazy good at knowing what he needed in the car, driving the car. Um, You know, you can watch Steve and Sammy and they got great speed out of their cars and Doug did too, but I think Doug was, as uh, well-rounded or more than, than any of them.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. He was a man of his time for sure. Um, Dave, with that being said, uh, we're getting close to having a cut you go here, but where can fans check you out in the next few months? Where where are you going to be racing at?
3: Um, it looks like Sharon Speedway has a Wednesday night race end of August and um, a World of Outlaw race end of September. So the exact dates I'm I'm a little fuzzy on, but I kind of know that. <laughs> but that's that's the two I have planned. Um, and there there may be some others, but those two for sure.
1: Right on. Well, hopefully we'll see you in the winner's circle at sharing with the World of Outlaws then. Um, we appreciate your time. Thanks for it. It's been so great chatting with you and catching up. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation.
3: Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, David. Thank you.
1: We'll be back with more in just a minute. You're watching wing nation presented by sage fruit always love catching up with dave lady uh just a good dude uh like we mentioned knoxville's in full throttle right now but upcoming races tuesday is high limits at hussett paying twenty three thousand twenty three dollars. david a whole lot of money on the line this weekend
0: yes there is and, and speaking of money how about thursday through saturday the ag jackson nationals not only paying 10 for what would be the first two nights but 25,000 on Saturday. I mean, this is the month of money coming up.
1: Um technically not yet, but we're getting close. <laughs> the month of money it rolls around in September. But also this weekend uh some makeup races because mother nature has not played kindly this season. Um the dream race at Port Royal and the Greg Hodnick classic. They've kind of had to mush the two together because of mother nature and they want to make their sponsor obligations happen. So they are doing two or yeah, twin 25s for $10,000 each twin 25.
0: Yes. And then the next night you can go to sealings Grove on Sunday. And I mean, they've done a great job there at sealings Grove, getting the surface and everything correct, but 10,000 with the all-stars. So, I mean, what a great weekend to be here in Pennsylvania for that!
1: It sure is. There's no doubt about that. All right, so we've talked about it the whole show. Knoxville Nationals time. Sometime, David, we really need to get you out there first and foremost. Maybe we can make it happen before this show actually airs. But um, who's your pick? Do you, do you have any idea of who but you'd like to see win the Knoxville Nationals this year?
0: Well, it's. I'd love to see Donnie Shots. I, I think it's hard to go against him. It's very hard for me to go against him. But Rico has been jelling. Rico has been really, really good. So he's my pick for the knoxville Nationals winner.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Rico's a great pick, but I'm going to go with David Gravel because I would like to see that happen. I feel like he was snubbed a few years back when he had a perfect night, but we've got to wrap it up. The clock on the wall says so. Race fans, thank you so much for joining us each and every week right here on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit.